0: I wanna be healthy. healthy. In a long, long time, I wanna be healthy. And life's so kind.
1: Welcome to episode 155 of the Good Stuff Kids podcast. I am your host, Mike Mason, and this is the show where we get to know the creators of certified and bona fide good stuff for kids and families. And on today's show, it's Jumpin' Jamie, and we get into it. Lots of different things. We talk about dinosaurs. We talk about back to the future. We talk about rock and roll. We talk about all kinds of stuff. You got to hear it. And if you liked what you just heard, that song's called I Want to Be Healthy. You can hear that all the way at the end of the show. It's a good one. It's just a little sample of what Jumpin' Jamie does. He does lots of different kinds of music, and it's all really, really fun and really, really positive and great and upbeat and nice to listen to. We love it here in the Good Stuff Studios or the Good Stuff Outpost or you know whatever it is that we call where we uh, where we live, our house with my kids. That's really it. If you want to reach me you should email me mike at goodstuffpod.com or find me on social media the at symbol goodstuffpod. pod lots of great things happening here lots of great episodes coming up in the future but let's talk about now let's talk about jumping jamie let's get into it let's hear from him this is a great one talk to you at the end of the show good stuff going to be amazingly fun to welcome jumping Jamie to the good stuff kids podcast. How are you?
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Um you're in New Jersey. We should yes, set the, I am. we like I like to set the scene. I'm here in the Bay Area and um You just had a – we're going to jump right in with with what you do. Like you're a musician and you were telling me that you just had like a pretty big day at work. But I think that your day at work is a little bit different than most people's days at work. So tell me a little bit about what your day was like today.
2: That's right. So I perform six days a week at a place called Field Station Dinosaurs, which is located in New Jersey. And I perform about 12 shows a day. Something 30-something songs today day I perform. And uh, today was just a beautiful day, and we had over 2,000 people in our park, which is a pretty b- big number for our park. We're basically like a really fun outdoor museum that has lots of different performances. And I do a show with a 16-foot-long T-Rex puppet and you'd be surprised by how many adults ask us if it's real
1: <laughs> wow. is it one of the ones where like someone can get in it and run around exactly oh, okay. yeah, yeah
2: like their legs are visible but like their legs kind of disappear when you see like the realistic movements and sounds they make and things like that uh-huh uh so there's one song i sing called the mighty t-rex and i get the whole crowd to sing that song and then the, the mighty t-rex comes out as like the big finale and then we do some tricks with her uh-huh uh huh so that's like the Mighty T-Rex song is basically like the earworm that the kids just leave the park singing. And when we have a class trip, they, they, the whole school trip is singing the song oh, and annoying go, the teachers.
1: Yeah, they go nuts for it. So, okay, so that is a um... – that's a good place to start but then we should let's go and this is going to be semi thematic and we'll and people will understand why in just a second but let's let uh, let's go back in time just a mm-hmm. little bit to and tell us where you're coming from how you got your start in music and and what makes all, all of the pieces that have that have brought you to this particular place as jumpin Jamie
2: sure yeah, so a lot of it stems from my childhood. Myself, um, just in general, I always loved performing in front of family. when I would be uh, visiting my grandmother, we had a nightly show. Whenever there's there'd be times where she'd be, uh, you know, watching me for weeks at a time, and just every night, I'd be like I want to have a show, I want to have a show. So I always did puppet shows, always sang songs, told jokes, and things like that. I just as a kid, I just performing was in my blood, and I just knew that's what I wanted to do when I when I grew up and uh about i think 12 years old i started to play guitar and I'd, i ch- kind of changed uh, my direction from wanting to be an actor and performing that way to wanting to be a musician and so i uh since 12 years old pretty much i started uh, playing with friends and playing with bands um when i was like 14 15 i was playing in bars just because my aunt had a connection where she's gonna go to bars and uh so i was. <clears throat> always loved writing music i was never really interested in being a cover band and covering other people's music and so that led me to working for a company uh they were called jersey shows danimo records i was a independent show promoter and record label and i worked for them for eight years uh I booked probably thousands of shows in 8 years and worked with hundreds of bands. We caught we said we either got the bands on the way up or on the way down. So we had <laughs> some bands that became huge and like I still see bands like wow, I booked that band. And then we got we got some bands on the way down. Like we had some 90s uh, holdovers that were you know like the one-hit wonders that we'd book in like a 200 uh, you know, 200 person room.
1: Uh-huh. Uh, so, so, so what's an example of one of the ones on the way up and then one of the ones on the way down? <laughs> I, I have to so, know.
2: yeah, so on the way up we had my chemical romance uh-huh. playing at like Knights of Columbus Hall <laughs> and on the way down, we had like Wheatus and Jimmy's Chicken Shack.
1: Oh yeah, you really did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty fun. Okay, cool. So you're you're doing this and, and you're seeing seeing lots of music, and you're you're in that for eight years, and then and then where? Yeah. Then what's the next stop?
2: So um, I have been performing with a, a rock band for I think it's eighteen years now, um, and it's just a fun, high energy show. And one of my coworkers workers uh, with the record label was like, hey, I'm having my daughter's first birthday. Will your band play? And I was like, oh, that sounds pretty interesting. Let me ask the band. And the band just wasn't available. So I uh-huh. said, you know what? I'm going to do it by myself. And that was my very first professional gig playing in front of children. And I loved it because I played my original songs, and the kids loved it as much as if I played songs that they knew. And then that kind of clicked. I was like, this makes sense because for kids – Original music, like, all music is new to them. So it doesn't matter if it's a 30-year-old song that they've heard 100 times. They enjoy those kind of songs as much as a song that they're hearing for the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I realized that, I think, performing for kids is the place to be to play original music. Uh (laughs) So uh, I actually did, after that gig, I did a few other, like, library gigs with some of the songs um, that I had. And then after that, I, I was in this place where... I needed a job. The uh, record label and show promoter actually just folded up. The guy who ran it was just like, you know, I just don't really enjoy music anymore. I'm moving to Texas, and was, the company was called Jersey show He was like, I guess we are not doing the company anymore then. So, <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> I needed a job. Uh, I just moved with my my wife at that uh, my uh, who was my girlfriend at the time um, to a, a spot where um, I didn't couldn't work where I previously was working. Different area. And I also needed to find something that I could get to with public transportation, because at the time, I didn't have a car. And so I found the perfect place called Fuel Station Annosaurs that was having a an interview. Now, the day before I went to the interview, <clears throat> it was kind of like, you really need a job. So I went to an interview at Target, and that's the last place in the world that I would ever want to work, is work at Target. And so I did an interview with Target. The next day, I went to the audition for Field Station Dinosaurs. As I was about to walk into the room, I get a call from Target, and they said, "Hey, we want to offer you a job." So that's great. Uh, can I let you know tomorrow? And they said, "No, we need to know right now." So I just went on my instinct. I was like, "Nope, not going to do it. Sorry, thanks, thanks for the offer." So then I walked into the audition, being like, "I need to nail this audition because otherwise, I don't have a job." <laughs> and uh, so I played the song Herbivore that my wife and I wrote together and it's on my album as well. And, uh, the people that I auditioned for were just kind of like flabbergasted and they pretty much offered me the job immediately That's after awesome. that.
1: That's what you yeah, want, so right? <laughs>
2: you're like, you, you wrote a song about dinosaurs already.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, yeah. So I've been doing that for six years now. I've definitely performed hundreds of shows, thousands of people i performed for, um for five years in a row we actually performed at City Field which is the stadium where the Mets played and we're like the opening act for the Mets game and that was actually my very first gig with them they gave me 12 songs to learn uh, in a week's time and I get to City Field and it's in front of 12,000 people
1: oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> trial by fire in the realest way
2: yeah so uh it was As we're about to head out the tunnel, um, all the kids are kind of like looking for the tunnel because they want to take a sneak peek at if there's any baseball players or somebody. And they see me with my name tag. It says Jumpin' Jamie on my name tag. So a kid goes, hey, Jumpin' Jamie, are you nervous? (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. Why? And he goes, there's a lot of people out here. (laughs) And I go, oh, gee, maybe I am now. And so as I'm performing, I'm singing a song where I'm saying the name of a dinosaur who I just learned. It's called Parasaurolophus. (laughs) And... In the middle of me saying Parasaurolophus, my in-ear monitors pop out of my ears, and I hear my voice about four or five times echo throughout the stadium. <laughs> and then I had to finish this song hearing myself echo four or five times throughout the stadium for <laughs> oh. the duration of this song, which was oh. one of the most difficult things I've ever done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, next after that, I learned I need to tape my in-ear monitors out, because I get my nickname Jumpin' Jamie from my rock band, because I love to jump around when I play. Mm-hmm. So... When you jump around and have in ear monitors, they don't really go together.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I can only imagine like first gig, not just, not just you know like pre gig jitters, whatever it is for the first time. But oh, and you're also going out at City Field and you have in ear monitors, which you may or may not have worked with before. But yeah, never
2: worked with for, them ever before. Like <laughs> right, so for
1: for those that, that may not have the, this kind of like. Stage experience. It's basically like this, the monitor. It's it's like a headphone in your ear, so you can hear yourself. Make sure that you're in key, you know, in the right key, or that your pitch is right as a singer. Um, and you're playing along, so you can hear your voice. And then to not have that, and you know, you were saying you could hear it like four or five times. It's like, woo, 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 like, humo- yeah, all
2: over the stadium. That had to be like <laughs> the
1: most jarring real life on the job experience that a. Any kind of musician could possibly have. That's a, that is incredible. So, sure. so you're doing like lots and lots of music with lots and lots yeah. of different groups. And and you know, what what would you say is the repertoire? Right, like just the the pool of songs that you can choose from at the Field Station Dinosaurs.
2: So at Field Station Dinosaurs, there's about uh, 12 songs that I perform. There's two that I wrote, which are on my album. Uh The Rise and Fall of Argentinosaurus and Herbivore. And so uh, both of those are songs that I wrote, and then the rest of the songs are written by the owner of the park. Okay. And so now we actually just opened up our second location this year in Kansas. And so they sent me out to Kansas a few times. I did uh, sort of like a press conference about the opening of the park, and they also had me train all the other dinosaur troubadours. Because I've been doing this for six years, And uh, the arrangements that I've come up with have been sort of like the ones that people are used to hearing. So the owner of the park who wrote the songs it's like this is how i want the songs to sound so i want you to show the other troubadours how i want it to sound
1: yeah <laughs> it's a yeah it's, it's so for those of you listening being a dinosaur troubadour is serious business this is not just <laughs> something you walk into and, and you can just kind of do you got to be trained you got to know what's going on so let's for sure so so you've been doing this for a long time you what was the inspiration to put like a full record together
2: that's something i right from the beginning i wanted to do because i i i always love to write songs and I have a large collection of songs and I've always wanted to put it out for for kids to hear. And so I've been working on this album for basically six years since I started my kindy career, you know, the, the whole writing stage, um, from, from writing to demoing to producing. And so, um, when I finally did it, it was actually a connection that I made at Kindycom. And that was with Danny Weinkoff from They Might Be Giants. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I actually good, good, met. Good
1: place to start. Just... <laughs> uh-huh. My wife
2: and I actually met because we're both They Might Be Giants fans. Oh. Um, she found me online by searching for a vegan They Might Be Giants and Weird Al Yankovic fan. <laughs> and I was the only one that came up. <laughs>
1: That is so specific. I'm so glad you found each other. It's so, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my God. And, so, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. I
2: Basically, when I met Danny Weinkoff, I, I told him that. I was like, thank you for your band for my wife and I meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so then I started talking about fuel station dinosaurs. And, of course, Danny Weinkoff wrote and sings, I'm a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that year I was putting together – Uh, kids music festival at field station dinosaurs so i was like hey maybe i can get your band on this festival so that wound up happening we wound up getting the red pants band Mm -hmm. uh, to perform at field station dinosaurs and then we kind of led from a uh, from there led to a friendship and we wound up working together to produce the song astronaut's love Mm -hmm. um so with that one i credit him it's Astronaut's Love with Danny Weinkoff because what I did was I sent him my demos and he recorded all the instruments himself. Oh, wow. He, he, like, uh, I think somebody said he's like the Dave Grohl of Kendi uh, <laughs> music. And so he recorded all the instruments himself and I was, then I'd like, come up with a new guitar part I'd be like, hey, how about this part? An hour later, like, here it is. And then he added all all the, the new guitar part in. So then um, I just spent one day in his studio doing vocals and um, it was a really quick and easy turnaround because yeah. he uh, never. done <laughs> ahead of time so much
1: wow so what's it like to meet your idols like and to become (laughs) friends with them that's so interesting
2: that's kind of like the story of this album kind of it's like things that i loved as a kid and as an adult still um that i wound up working with these people another thing like that was noel mcneil who was bear in the big blue house and um actually it was my first year at field station dinosaurs i saw his name on the call sheet And I was like, oh, is he here to train us? And he's like, no, I'm here to work with you. So I worked with him for a season. And uh, just about a decade prior to that, I went to something called Muppet Fest in Santa Monica, California. And I waited online to meet Noel McNeil to get his autograph. But then it wound up that he was a no-show because he actually had Bear booked on Hollywood Squares. So instead of him, they had the Bear in the Big Blue House live performer, and nobody knew who he was. It was like Steve Whitmire, Jerry Nelson, Brian Henson, and this guy that nobody knew who he was. (laughs) (laughs) So I told him that story. He was like, look, I waited in line to meet you. Now I get to work with you. That's amazing. Uh So um, he's also somebody that contributed um, to I Want to Be Healthy, where I have this giant gang vocal of – over forty people shouting "healthy."
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, cool. this is a great time to 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 really dig into the record a little bit. So, what is the what is the name of of the record? So, the name of the record is called, called Kooky, and the
2: album art is done by my wife as a parody of Green Day's Dookie, right? Which that album was a very formative album for me. I think it came out when I was eleven, and I have like home videos of me and my friends like just dressed up in crazy outfits we had just seen like green day at woodstock 94 uh-huh. and we're just like lip-syncing along to, to green day's yeah. dookie album pretty much yeah that was and,
1: uh that was like an epic year of music right because that came out the sure. first weezer album i think was yeah. at around the same time but i remember green day at, uh watching that at woodstock 94 and just being yeah. like Oh this is this is something new. This is this is a little different Definitely, for me. Definitely. Yeah. It
2: was, I think that was a groundbreaking moment. I yeah. think that was a really pivotal moment in their career too. Like I think I had even heard Basket Case before that um on the radio and I loved that song, but mm-hmm. seeing them perform their and you know that the whole set just is an amazing set. Mm-hmm. And then just the anarchy that per, you know wound up happening was just as a kid I was like wow this is this is music. This is rock and roll. <laughs> yeah, that was
1: totally rock. Was there like was there Mud f- flying yeah there's just was, yeah.
2: mud just flinging everywhere yeah. and then at one point some kids uh, stormed the stage and then the security guard thought that uh mike dirnt was one of the kids that stormed the stage and then tackled him
1: oh geez <laughs> <laughs> it was just complete chaos yeah totally uh, well, yeah so yeah go ahead
2: i had uh grenade dookie and Weezer blue album on cassette and then my very first cd i purchased i think it came out in 1995 was the soundtrack to a movie called angus and both of those bands weezer and green day had songs on it Mm -hmm. and there was a band from ireland on that album called ash they had two songs on it it was uh, jack names the planets and kung fu which uh, was featured in like uh i think the jackie chan movie that came with that year too Um, so this band ash um, was on this album and I listened to this album over and over again and that was like my favorite compilation album ever was the ash it was the Angus soundtrack and then uh, several years later uh, 2014 I see Ash for the first time perform live on the Weezer cruise and then I become friends with their bassist Mark Hamilton and I do just like a Facebook post saying hey I'm looking to demo some songs in Jersey City and I'm looking for somebody that can play bass and Mark Hamilton the bassist from Ash, messages me and says, hey, I'm in Jersey City, I'll do it. And I had no idea he was even in Jersey City. They're from Ireland, and I just wound up like he lives like a half hour from me. So that's another person that was like an idol. He was on the very first CD I ever purchased, and now we're friends. That's amazing. So uh, he demoed some songs with me, and he performed the bass on I Want to Be Healthy.
1: He played the bass because that's a a righteous bass line.
2: Yeah, totally. Wow.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. So so who are – I mean this – I'm like blown away by like the the circumstances coming together for you in such an amazing way. Um okay, so let's start with uh let's start with I want to be healthy. So this yeah. is sort of like a punk pop kind of song. Um and then you have people saying healthy. Who are who are some just give us like a broad picture of some of the guests that that you have right. on that song.
2: So I have the amazing Creskin who had the record for the most tonight show appearances out of anybody ever and uh so he was this tv um he doesn't go by psychic because he says that the things that he does aren't aren't spiritual it's all scientific he says but he was actually a family friend of my great uncle Uh and uh so when i was a kid i met him and then Uh uh right before uh i was about to record that song i went to see him perform live and his stage manager uh there's actually a movie called The Great Buck Howard, which is based upon his life and oh. his stage managers, like oh, okay. his old, his old, uh, I know, his old touring manager. So his touring manager came up to me and it was like, "Hey, uh, would you like to be part of the show?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." So he takes me backstage, and the amazing Christian goes, "Hey, have I met you before?" And I'm like, yeah, but I was like seven years old. He goes, sorry, I can't use, it. I can't, I can't work with somebody I've met before. <laughs> so that's how legit he is. That like he can't have somebody research, like, oh, he he met him at his great uncle's anniversary party when he was seven years old. So they were in on the trick together. So like he's legit that way. So wow. um, yeah, so I wound up uh, talking to him after the show and then getting him to record the part for me for the song. Yeah, jeez,
1: well, um, amazing.
2: Yeah, uh, so uh, so a few people are people that I knew, you know, people that I wound up meeting. Um, I got the singer of Not A Surf, which is uh, another uh, favorite from the 90s as a kid. And that was just an after show kind of thing. Um, They're a band that I met many, many times. I'd seen them kind of during a point where they almost were past their prime. They were playing fire halls and things like that in front of 100 kids. And then they got huge after that. So I, like, every time I go to see them I'm at like Lollapalooza or some huge thing, and I meet them like, hey, I remember seeing you at the, the Wayne Firehouse in front of 100 kids. And yeah. they can't believe that I was there for that. That's amazing. So uh, yeah. that was the situation with that where it's like uh, just after a show, I got him to record for me. Yeah. Um, a lot of the kindy artists, most of the kindy artists, were all recorded at Kindycom in Philadelphia. Uh-huh. It's a large gathering. It's, uh, it used to be annual. Now it's a bi- biannual gathering of all kindy artists. So I got a bunch of the kindy artists there. At that same time, um, the venue that the kindy was at, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros were also performing. So I got their singer, Alex Ebert, to do the bit for me. Um, and then I was booked at a convention. And at the convention was Oland Jones, who's been in a ton of Timber Burton movies. Okay. Um, Patricia Quinn, who was Magenta from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. And Peter Tork from the Monkees. So I got all these people... To participate and <laughs> healthy um i almost had weird out and oh, weird Al's no. agent uh had the final say Weird i was like sure i'll do it and then i was like um the thing is i'm doing this legit so i need to have um a release sign saying that i have permission to use your name and voice yeah, yeah. for this so he's like, all right, well, my manager needs to look it over. And his manager just wanted to no know part of it. Uh-huh. So that's actually where the bit in the song is born out of where Batman wants to be. And then uh, the uh, producer says, Batman's agent will let him do it. Right. It's, I was hoping for that to be Weird Al, but <laughs> Weird Al's agent will let him do it.
1: <laughs> well, well, Weird Al, if you're listening, uh, Jumpin' Jamie and I would both like to speak to you at some point. So the, the, <laughs> let's just put that onto the world. It seems like for you, like things get put out into the world and good things happen. I think that uh, we let's, let's have a little of that rub off on everyone who's listening. <laughs> (laughs) to this so so the uh, um and by the way that like a great video for for that you have a lot of great videos and we'll talk about your website in a second another song i want to um talk about is the back to the future song and so i i guess it's like sum it up what, what's the idea of the song and then tell me a little bit about the video which people need to go and see for themselves like let's not give it all away but like <laughs> it is the best like for someone like me oh, who grew up loving back to the future and like still yeah. calls people mcfly not like like very <laughs> nicely and who thinks that like biff is like the ultimate bad guy like i feel like i think like we have a lot in common especially around i mean a lot in common around lots of different things but like around yeah. that the love for that too so how did this come to be
2: So the funny thing about that is I grew up watching Back to the Future Part 1 and Part Uh 2. And so my song is about Back to the Future Part 1 and Part 2. I actually didn't even watch Back to the Future Part 3 until after I wrote the song. <laughs> <laughs> so I get that the question about, like, hey, how come Back to the Future Part 3 isn't in there? Uh-huh. Like, I just never
1: it's, saw it. It just doesn't <laughs> – as far as I know, it doesn't exist. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and that was sort of, like, based on recommendation recommendation why I had never seen it. Uh-huh. But, but, yeah, Back to the Future 1 and Part 2 were definitely a big part of my childhood. Like, renting it from Blockbuster and then seeing it when it was on HBO or Showtime or whatever when it was on, just like – you know, that was just – the first Back to the Future is like a perfect example of a screenplay and just, you know, I think it's a perfect movie, the first movie.
1: Yeah, totally.
2: So the, the music video was actually a French artist that I met on the Weezer cruise. Um, so that goes back to that where I met Mark Hamilton from Ash. Um, she's uh, just a, a big fan of Weezer and she makes all of these awesome stop motion videos for Weezer um, just as a fan video. Uh-huh. And, uh, it actually wound up that, uh, they saw some of her artwork and they made some of her artwork into an official Weezer t-shirt. And, uh, so I just always loved her videos. I was like, Hey, would you consider doing this for somebody other than Weezer? Uh-huh. And so I was like, yeah, sure, sure, I'll do it. And then, so she did, uh, Astronaut's Love, the first uh, single I put out with Annie Wankoff. And then, um, it just came out so great. I was like, I need to get her to do it again. So she basically recreates Back to the Future <laughs> 1 and 2 in
1: cardboard. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's so great. So I'm um, just uh, just a pause break. So you're you're you. The Weezer cruise. Have you heard? I'm sure you have Weezer's version of Africa. I have. Okay. I love it. It's yeah, I uh, love it. High rotation around here. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: it's a funny thing. A, a friend of mine for a long time had a thing about that song, and it was kind of like an inside joke that like whenever that song would come on, we'd have to like sing it with the most passion possible, <laughs> and then. Especially the, the line about uh, sure as Kilimanjaro rises like Olympus <laughs> over the sand. That's just the most ridiculous line in any pop song ever.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I but, saw that
2: yeah, totally kills it on that cover. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: And like speaking of like passion and like just how, how funny and weird like Weezer is at this stage. Uh, did you see them do it live on uh, Jimmy Kimmel?
2: I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I've read about it. I just I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I
1: mean it's so funny to like just see Rivers Cuomo who like every time I see him I'm just reminded like this is a small – like he's just like a little dude, right? Like he's, <laughs> he's like – You know, not tall, and you know, like some people are tall. I am not. He is not. And then he's just like wearing, like I mean, it's just great. You got to watch it, and and it's really cool. All right, so that was a major digression, but I love to be able to talk (laughs) about stuff like that with uh, with folks in the know. Um, So the The album is is great. You you write with your wife occasionally, and yeah, that's a, that's a, a good that's a good thing. I talk to a lot of folks who who work with their with their spouses on things, and I think that it to have that sort of shared vision, right? To to share that with the yeah. person that you are closest with and live with is really a nice thing, and and to have both of you invested in the project, so. For sure. So, so the record is out at this point, right? People can yeah, get it came this out on
2: June first. Okay, um, and you could basically get it anywhere that you can stream music or purchase downloads. People still do that. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what's a Jumpin' Jamie show? What's it like? I mean, I have ideas in my head. I think that <laughs> what would be, what's interesting is that you have so much experience playing for groups, and 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 not just playing for groups, but like. Cold groups. I think you probably understand what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, people that have never heard me before. Never heard you before. Have yeah. no idea who you are. No idea what you're about. Could be a group of kids, like middle school age. The right. most intimidating. So, like, what do you? And I'm not saying like give away all your tricks, but like, what's <laughs> what's like the one thing that you're like this really works to to get people sort of on your side as you're performing.
2: I think um, one of the things is trying not to sound like I'm a kid's artist when I speak to them. Um, people, they call it like talking down because uh-huh. um, sometimes I'll be d- literally doing a show for a three-year-old and a 12-year-old, like you're saying. Yeah. So I can't play down to the three-year-old because then the 12-year-old's not going to it's gonna, I'll be gone, you know? Right. So uh, the idea is to, I just treat it like a rock show and I call it a rock show and I, I, I kind of try to get the audience to be like, hey, a rock and roll crowd does this and you know, if I want them to repeat something, I'm like, all right, well, a rock and roll crowd always has to repeat things more than once because that's what rock and roll artists do is ask their crowd to repeat <laughs> things more than once because the second time is always better than the first time and then the third time is always better than the second time. It's a known fact in the rock and roll industry.
1: <laughs> rock and roll science at its best, yeah exactly (laughs) cool okay so So yeah
2: that's one of the main things i think is um i perform fast songs it's kind of like folk punk some of the songs Mm -hmm. and uh so i think that's one thing that will keep an older kid's interest versus um you know doing the stereotypical kids thing where you're just a guy with a guitar playing folk songs um having that like i'm on your side kind of attitude which um, I want song coffee which uh, so far I've gotten kind of that's my uh, my mixed bag song where I've gotten some criticism on that and I love criticism I really do um and so that that's my song of being like look I'm on your side I think adults are a little bit strange
1: <laughs> so, no doubt yeah
2: so that song is basically like, Why do adults do these strange things? Because as a kid, you definitely ask that. But I still ask some of those questions as an adult.
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 sure. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so the record's available wherever people get the record. Um, I think yeah. that you have a fascinating story and I thank you for sharing so much of it. Um, how Thanks. can, how can we keep up with you? How can we find you, follow you, sure. etc.? You
2: can find me on uh, my website is jumping The jumpin is without, without a G it's J U M P I N. And then my name is spelled J A M I E. And then I'm on the social media a little bit. I'm on uh, Twitter. I have a cool handle on Twitter. It's kindy rocker. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was surprised that wasn't taken because I was very late <laughs> to the Twitter game. The reason why I signed up for Twitter was because Spotify made me do it.
1: Really? Uh, in order
2: to in order to claim my Spotify profile, they made me sign up for Twitter.
1: Oh, okay. So, All right. <laughs> I'm on
2: Facebook a little bit. That's... Uh, I believe it's uh, just jumping Jamie Music for, for Facebook. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, those two uh, social media platforms as well as my website is where you can uh,
1: get some updates. Yeah, and if we ever needed to find you, Field Station Dinosaurs is where it's at. There you go.
2: In person, that's where I'm going to be six days a week during the summer. From the spring until Labor Day and then all the way through November, mid-November on weekends. Wow, it's
1: amazing. All right, busy guy, but you got the energy for it, I can tell. Uh, (laughs) Jumpin' Jamie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. This is really fun.
2: Thanks for having me. Definitely uh, take a listen to the album if you can, and uh, I encourage all kids to think for themselves and pursue your dreams.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I like that. Jumpin' Jamie and I could have talked all day. We really could have. There was lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Really, really fun. So, you know, he taught me about field station dinosaurs. I had no idea that that was even a thing. So if you're in the New Jersey area, you should check that out. Jump in Jamie's there. You can find him. You can see him in person. You can high five him or fist bump him and say, hey, what's up? Heard you on the Good Stuff Kids podcast and brought me over here to see you. I mean, that would be cool for Jamie and for me. So now here is the full song, I Want to Be Healthy, with various guest artists that we talked about that you heard. Thanks so much for listening. Email me. Find me on social media. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or, or do something on Stitcher or Radio Public or Overcast or wherever you get your pods. That's how we say it in the biz, pods. All right, enough of that. Here we go. I Want to Be Healthy by Jumpin' Jamie. Talk to you soon.
0: Love handles, ask me how, and I will say, I live my life healthy, Healthy. and a long, long time. I want to be healthy, and live a life so kind. So, Mom and Dad, won't you get me some fresh vegetables? I will eat the right amount. You will love how great you feel Portions of a sensible size and some exercise. I wanna be healthy, healthy. in a long long time. I wanna be healthy A life so kind healthy. 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 Jack Foreman wants to be wants to be healthy. Crescens wants to be healthy. Batman wants uh, to be Batman's a- oh. agent won't let him do it. Oh, but I'm sure. He wants to be healthy. Healthy. It's a long, long time. He wants to be healthy. Healthy. And I have a life so kind. I will be blowing out the candles on my 100th birthday. And I won't have any love handles. They'll ask me how and I will say, I'll live my life Healthy. healthy.
1: Yeah.